We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hi, this is Cheryl Fredrickson in studio with Robin Jones Gunn. And Robin, what do we have today? We have two guests. We get so excited when we have one live, <laughs> real person in studio. Today we have two. We have there are two. some good reasons why we ask these oh, two. Oh, they are. It's so exciting. Now, one of them lives in England and the other one, well, every Thursday when we do this podcast, she's actually just uh, on the bottom floor of the building that we're doing the podcast in. And I have been begging her for years to be on this podcast. So what happened is because I've been begging her and I just keep getting nicely put off in the most loving way, um, because one of our guests is Teresa Howard. And I know how much Priscilla loves Teresa. And Teresa said, I want Priscilla to be on there with me. And I said, well, then... You're going to have to ask her because I have been, I didn't even tell her. I said, Will you ask her? And so she said, That was really easy. I mean, she's totally in. I'm like, So now yes. we know the secret. <laughs> yes. Now, if you want something from Priscilla, ask Teresa to do it. And that's the secret. So we have uh, Teresa Howard and Priscilla Garcia. Which Garcia is also the maiden name of one of my best friends. Well, but we have, have Priscilla it. Garcia. <laughs> and Priscilla actually has a treasure trove of a story. And I hope she'll tell us a little bit of her testimony. Oh but we're going to start with Teresa because yes. she's a little braver. Yes. <laughs> and so, Teresa, tell me a little bit about where you were raised and your testimony. Um, well, I was, my dad was a military pilot. So I was raised all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And he fought Vietnam Three tours, mm. helicopter pilot. I'm very proud of him. Yep. He mm-hmm. was buried in Arlington with um, high honors. And um, so at age 17, I started to read my Bible. I, I was raised in um, a church that taught me about God, but I never fully understood why Christ died on the cross for me. And um, just strongly through a love of my dad and um, praying for him, but um, seeing the suffering he had gone through because of war, um, I just started to read my Bible. And um, as I read it for a whole year, um, he even saw a change in me. Mm -hmm. He would come and open the door and and look like, what are you doing? You're 17. You're here Mm -hmm. on a Saturday night. You're reading your Bible. Normal 17-year-olds don't do this. And so... um, as, Can I just interject real mm-hmm. quick? Because when I first met mm-hmm. Teresa, she's one of the coolest people I'd ever met. Like super athletic, I uh, popular. I mean, like so it would be odd to see. <laughs> I mean, you could say that uh, because you're room, not an introverted teenager. Yeah. You are uh, friendly. You are uh, personable. Um, you played sports in high school. You had lots of friends. So for you to choose to sit on a Saturday night in your room mm-hmm. and read your mm-hmm. Bible, for your father must have been odd. He, he was yes. really concerned. In fact, <laughs> after he retired from the military, he worked at a police department. Mm-hmm. And he was so concerned that he asked me to talk to the captain of the police department. Wow. And I was 17. Mm. And he and so I went in, and being 17, that's kind of intimidating. Oh, absolutely. And right. so the captain called me in, and I went and I sat down, and he had some notes and a pen and he said, sit down. Um, what's your dad concerned about? And I said, well, um, I'm reading my Bible. And he said, 
what church do you go to? So I told him the church I went to, and it was an evangelical free church. Mm-hmm. And I just started going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, if he's so concerned, he's going to have to be worried about my daughter because she goes to the same church. Wow. And I'll introduce you. Oh, wow. And that, um, his daughter and I are still lifelong friends. Oh, That's I love great. that. And in fact, that is a testimony of part of my father's salvation, which happened in 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, very, yeah, very dear story. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he wrote my dad a letter. And mm-hmm. he said, I see nothing wrong with your daughter. The only thing I see wrong with her is she loves an old fool like you to tell him <laughs> the truth. And um, they had that jargon, you know. Mm-hmm. Being, yeah. Um, so you got involved in the church, and then you went to college, mm-hmm. and you met other Christians in college. Um, were you part of a Christian club in college? Is that how you made? I went to um, a college group, mm-hmm. and those people had a real strong impact on me, because not only reading the scriptures, when I sat, I I started to go to church by myself. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to the family church, but the Lord led me to another church, and I had been at that church once from my my oldest sister, um, who actually got married there. And um, as I sat in the balcony, I heard about the love of God, mm-hmm. and I never knew that somebody loved me so much. Mm-hmm. And so it was God drawing me, drawing me to mm-hmm. to Himself, and um, just I remember one day saying, Lord, I don't understand all of this. And I was in my bedroom. I just wanted, I just know I want to walk with you. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept going to church and I got involved with the college group. Mm-hmm. And um, there were young people teaching that. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. Young people affecting young people. Mm-hmm. And part of it was to go um, to Mexicali. And that was my first mission trip. Mm-hmm. And they said, who would like to go? So I signed up. And I started taking short-term trips week by week out there. And um, God just continued to direct steps um, for that. And um, as I went out there and I came back, then the opportunity happened for me to go to Italy. Mm. So I took a semester off of college and I went out to Italy and Teams Evangelical Alliance, and I served with the family out there. And while I was out there, this gal was walking across the piazza, actually, before I arrived. And the pastor knew I was coming in his family, and she just finished language school. Mm. And he said, wow, I have a gal from Fresno coming who likes to share her faith, and you finished language school. Can I team you up? And so they, he teamed us up, and we ended up sharing the Lord throughout Italy, going into Hungary and Eastern Europe, right when it opened up from the Eastern Mm -hmm. Bloc, getting to share the Lord. And she was from Albuquerque, New Mexico. uh So, yeah. So from from that, from Albuquerque. So um, when you moved back, so when you finished college, you went to Albuquerque then? Yeah. I went back and I was praying about pursuing a master's um, because I had another year left. And I um, received a tape in the mail from my friend Jackie, mm-hmm. and she said, I felt led to send this tape, and it was a vision of a school that was starting, the very first one. 
And um, we need to tell our younger listeners that a tape is mm-hmm. okay, before tape, right, 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 DVDs yeah. and before yes, right. DVDs and all those way things. Of communicating yes. by putting yes. your voice on this. Yes, box. a ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> this magnetic tape yeah. that was okay. real to real in a little tiny plastic there case. Yeah, okay. it could be played on a tape recorder. Yes, tape ministry back. Then. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. huge. This is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was house sitting when I received this tape, and um, I played it. And at the end of the song, at the end of the tape, there was a worship song, and it mm-hmm. said, um, "If you're willing to go wherever the Lord is calling you, sing the song." And I was new in my faith, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there listening. So I start singing the song, and um, and I felt um, led to fill out my application for the school. And I prayed very specifically, and I said, Lord, if you're calling me this, I need to hear by December 31st. Mm-hmm. If not, I'm going to pursue a, a Master. master's. Mm-hmm. And by December 31st, I received a phone call by the head administrator and said, are you serious about coming here? And I said, well, I applied, and I told God if I was mm-hmm. um, meant to go that I needed to hear from you. And he said, well, I'm calling to tell you you're accepted. Wow. Mm. So it looks like you're on your way. And so where was this at, this school? Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque. Okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Albuquerque, New Mexico. Calvary, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So, oh. so you, you're there. And then how did you get, because I met you in Hungary, and mm-hmm. you were young. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you get to Hungary? That is a good question. <laughs> so um, when some of my pastors heard um, mm-hmm. about it, and some of the people who were involved with my life um helping me to grow in the Lord, I took the curriculum mm-hmm. to them and I said, um, can you guys check this out? And of course they wanted to check it out because they cared for me. I had mm-hmm. a really good mm-hmm. pastor. He's now in heaven. And so they read over it and um, they talked about it and they prayed for me and they actually wanted me to go out as a missionary with their church, mm-hmm. um, but they wanted the Lord to lead me. So they said, it, it seems like it's okay. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like it's okay. And so one of them actually um, d- drove me out to Albuquerque. I had mm-hmm. a little truck and oh, a dog. So yeah. my mom kept my dog, and I got it in a truck. And they made sure I had a good place to live. And um, they had a family of themselves. And we went to Jackie's house, mm-hmm. stayed there. And they checked out the church. And they said, seems all okay. And they gave me a hundred dollars, and they said, "If they start teaching you heresy, you're to come home." Yeah. And what was funny about that is I didn't know what heresy was. Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I'll keep that in mind." <laughs> and so, but from going to that school, part of the curriculum was going out to Hungary. Oh, okay. So that's mm-hmm. how that happened. Okay. And um, so uh, I went out to Hungary. You know what's interesting? Because I met Teresa at. Um, it was an mm-hmm. ex-communist camp. It was the first church retreat oh. that they had had for because uh, oh, all these wow. young people got saved in Hungary, uh, tons and tons. My husband had gone over there on a journey of faith when it was still communistic, and all these people got saved. It was just God wow. leading and doing this incredible thing. So from that, all these fellowships had risen up, and they're like, mm-hmm. we need to be together. So the walls of communism had just come down. And so they had this camp called Chilliberts. Mm -hmm. And it was very primitive, a very primitive camp. But it was where they used to take all the children in Hungary and they would induct them into communism. So it was required that children would go there during the summer and be inducted into communism. So Brian and I were 
invited over. And this was my first time seeing the work that the Lord had done in Hungary. And I went over there and I was asked to speak. Well, we were in a cement bungalow and it was so cold. And um, we were told to bring shorts and, uh, you know, uh, clothes for cool weather. And it was so cold that I bought, uh, borrowed my son's clothing because he had brought some warm stuff. And I wore the same outfit every single day. I mean, you just didn't change it. It was super dirty. Layers and layers of whatever yes. you could find. And like I said, we were in this concrete bungalow that was really, really cold. And we shared it with these people who lived there. There were probably 10 in one room and they all smoked. And the bathroom looked like you would go down this corridor to like a horse stall that was your bathroom and the spigot came out of the wall for the shower and like a hose and it had a chair and you would just do this hose and there was no warm water and so I was there for 10 days and and that's where you met Teresa that's where I met Teresa Teresa was actually they had a um a kind of like a hotel accommodation but that's that makes it sound a lot nicer than it was (laughs) and it's yeah, but it, it was torn, run down, yeah. very rustic. And we were like eating chicken foot soup with moldy bread. I mean, oh, but boy. everyone was so excited to be together. Mm-hmm. But I'm asked to speak to the women. And, you know, a lot of the women liked my husband. And so they're thinking, oh, great. You know, we're going to get um, Dynasty, you know, that American mm-hmm. program. And mm-hmm. instead, here I come wearing the same outfit, for you know, every time <laughs> I speak to them. But they didn't. My first time that I spoke to them through an interpreter, it didn't go well. And so Teresa came to me and said, you know, that didn't go that well. Can I pray with you? And so we pray. She said, I don't know if you know what they're saying, but they're Mm. not they're not interpreting you correctly. And I want to just pray. And so that's how we got to know each other, because we prayed together. And I think Gina prayed with us Mm -hmm. and we prayed and the Lord broke through those women in an incredible way so that the third time that I had to speak, they all rose to their feet and they were clapping for me when I entered the room. And I was like, are you the same women that I've been (laughs) teaching for three days? And so that's how Teresa and I, so then the very end, I have to put this because this is actually part of Teresa's story. Teresa says, there's somebody that I like. And she tells me this. And there had been this awesome worship leader named Mike, who I just thought, he's the neatest guy because he's learned all these songs in Hungarian. And he's the neatest guy, but he's kind of more of a, he doesn't vaunt himself. He doesn't put himself out there. Mm-hmm. And there were all, there were these um, guys who were in kind of a well-known band, and they both were wild about her. And Teresa was playing tennis with them, and I thought, oh, she's got a crush on one of those guys. And I've already talked to like five girls who have crushes, and they know the Lord wants them to marry them. And so I was <laughs> expecting that from Teresa. So she's like, it's it's, it's Mike. And I'm like, you're in love with Mike? <laughs> and she's like, why? And I'm like, because he's like, he's like the unnoticed, like number 10 guy. I mean, he's like the best. And I said, that just speaks to your heart and your the quality of, of your life and your choices. I mean, after that, I was like hooked on her. I loved her because that was, that speaks so highly. And then of course the Lord worked mm-hmm. and they got together mm-hmm. and they got married mm-hmm. but i know and i'm i'm kind of rushing this cuz i know we only have you know two parts to speak in but you begin then in mm-hmm. hungary to minister not only to mm-hmm. the hungarians but you went mm-hmm. into the refugee camps mm-hmm. So tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about how you got into these camps and how that started, because this is all part of who Teresa became. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to know first, did you learn to speak Hungarian when you mm. were there? No. No. Well, when I was there, yes, but not before. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Beth. So that was I went just to language school acc- there. Oh, you went to language mm-hmm. school and then you're just acclimated because you're hearing it all the time. And 
and they're singing in Hungarian. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they said that was a difference with our missionaries because our missionaries actually learned the songs in Hungarian where these other mission groups would come in and make them sing it in English. Mm. And our groups took the time to in, to write them in mm-hmm. Hungarian and sing them in their own language. That's and good. that's really important that's for so Hungary good, yes. because Hungary had always felt overrun by like Turkey oh, yeah. oh. and these other countries and never yeah. felt like they had an identity and a personality. So to sing in their language mm-hmm. meant mm-hmm. so much to that's the Hungarians. Beautiful. And that was why I also loved Mike. Mm-hmm. It's the seventh hardest language in the world to learn. Oh, at boy. least back then it was. Yeah. And I've Mike, heard Finnish is one of them too. Yeah. yeah. And Mike brought all of the worship songs out to in Hungarian, he got him yeah. translated, and he was the first worship leader mm-hmm. out there. That's um, that wonderful. Calvary had. Wow. So, yeah. And he sang it like he knew Hungarian all his life. Mm-hmm. That was like the amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So, there you are. You're mm-hmm. doing outreach and whatever they need you to do at that point, right? Yes. As part of when I went out there, Mike and Rod Thompson and Greg O'Pine and Mike Harris, they were all out there. And, and then he went with um, Greg church planning up the country and uh, ended up in Estergom. And before Estergom, then the Budapest church was birthed. So there was a team of people all the way out there. So every step in this is a team effort. But there was a team in Budapest, and I joined the team. And my roommates were Gina Coombs and Andi Namath, who's RP's wife now. And we're all These are all people that are like um, in the mission field still to mm-hmm. this day. Yeah. Like amazing it's women. So I mean, yeah. we need to have them on sometime too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they are awesome. And um, what a blessing because at that point in time, who knew what God would do in mm-hmm. everybody's life? But it's so fun to be connected with How did you still. get involved in going to the refugee camps? Um, in the flat that mm-hmm. Gina and Andy and I lived in, um, there was a refugee from a camp uh, if you drove, it'd be a half an hour, but by train, maybe an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half. Beachke mm-hmm. is the name of the town. And this lady came to us and stayed in our flat through an invite of another missionary who was part of um, another organization. But as we began to serve her and listen to her story, I thought in my head, if there's one and mm-hmm. with a daughter mm-hmm. here, there's gonna, there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. And so I said, would you take me to your this camp you live in? Would you take me out there? And she said, sure. So you had to fill out a form, and you had to submit the form to the U.S. Embassy back then. Mm-hmm. And it was all by fax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Fax, so we, cassettes, we're old. <laughs> yeah, and, and back then it's, like, very rustic because it's just opening up from the Eastern Bloc. And so— we would put our passport numbers in our name and say we would we'd like to request mm-hmm. access into this camp because it was a UNHR camp, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. United Nations camp, humanitarian, and refugees from all over the world were going into this camp, and um, quite so, a few um, I- Iranians too, mm-hmm. and Africans mm-hmm. and um, other people who um, wanted to get out of their mm-hmm. countries or were in danger in their countries. And so they were fleeing into Hungary. Yeah, and at that point in time, the Bosnian War was happening, but also a lot of upheaval with um, different tribes out in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we went out to the camp and visited this lady. And as I walked through there, there was a couple hundred people, refugees. And we began to pray and just say hi to them. And it was Mike came with us Mm because he said, 
that's cool that you're going. You're two gals on mm -hmm. and you going out there to visit. Can I go with you? And so we weren't <laughs> dating at the time or anything. So we went out there. And as I was walking through, people would talk to us. Mm -hmm. And so we went again. And then we went again. And we started to befriend. But every time mm -hmm. we had to have permission from the U.S. government mm -hmm. to go. And people were talking to us <laughs> a lot. And then this was about three months. And then the team, because they're Calvary Budapest, I went out from a team out that way. They were praying for us every time we went out and became known as the refugee camp ministry. But one day when we were walking through the camps, there was a difference. Nobody would talk to us. Mm. And I was like, this is really odd. Because we could sense the Lord wanted to work and do a work mm -hmm. here. And why is this happening, Lord? But there's this one Romanian that would continue to talk to us, gal, tall lady. And... Um, and so she was the only one. So I was like, why is this happening? And then the next time I went, they said, we can't give you access into our camps. The, the, even though I had my permission from the U.S., the Border Patrol guys, uh, immigration, would mm -hmm. not let us into the camps this one time. And um, I was like, why is this happening? This is so odd. This is so weird. And then they stopped letting us immigration into the camp. And I, my heart was broken. I was like, no, this can't be. They can't stop letting us into these camps. But they were. And so it's like, well, what do we do about it? So we began to pray. We asked our team to pray. And the Lord put um, on my heart to write a letter. And um, so I wrote a letter and addressed it to the head of immigration of Hungary. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 24, 25 at the time. And Andy, who's this amazing interpreter, one of the best in Hungary. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Yep. I sat there and I prayed. I said, Lord, guide this letter. Mm -hmm. And I went um, to the pastor of our church and said, is it okay if I say we're the head of the mm -hmm. refugee ministry? He said, go for it. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we're all out there. Mm -hmm. God is just exploding. It's a, it's truly a move of God what was happening mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. You'd walk down the streets and see, run into people and see them come to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And they're still in the, in the mm -hmm. churches today. So I wrote this letter, and then Andy interpreted it for mm -hmm. me. And we prayed, and we sent it off in Jesus' name to the head of immigration, Dr. Bela, in Hungary. Mm -hmm. And to our surprise, he wrote back. Because mm -hmm. we wrote the top of it as we, the leaders of the refugee camp of Calvary yeah, Chapel yeah. Budapest, request a meeting. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote back, and he said, I, the head of immigration of Hungary, <laughs> receive your request for a meeting. Mm -hmm. And so um, we went to the meeting and everybody was praying for us. As we walked into immigration, it was like we were in a courtroom mm -hmm. and there was a cabinet of at least eight people, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more sitting there. And they, when Andy and I walked in, they stopped and they looked at each other. <laughs> they were highly professional and they weren't right. expecting. These yeah. two young women, yeah. Yeah. we thought it was going to mm -hmm. be the mm -hmm. head of refugee. Yeah. <laughs> and both Andy and it. Teresa are petite. I mean, they're I not tall it. women or you know, commanding women. You know, they're coming in. You've got an American and a, a blonde Hungarian. Yeah. So. So we walk in and they say, sit down. And so we sat down and they were in a half circle and they began to ask us questions. And the head said, young lady, what would you like? What is this about? And I said, well, and then I told him the story I just told you and how mm -hmm. we can't go now. I said, however, sir, I just want to show you um, what I can do. And mm -hmm. I'm just praying, Lord, lead us. So I pull out of my little backpack and it was a Stussy shirt. Mm -hmm. And because Frank Sinatra back then, mm -hmm 
got word I was going into the camps and gave me a bunch of clothes. They were they were seconds, and um, and so I went in and I and I laid a um, sweatshirt down, and they passed the Stussy sweatshirt <laughs> around the cabinet, and they're examining <laughs> the 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 things, mm-hmm. and I said, and then. Um, I have dentists and doctors because a team from mm-hmm. Arizona just came out and said, we'll come out and do dentistry work mm-hmm. anytime. And so I showed them to the doctor's paperwork mm-hmm. and they're examining it. And then um, and then I also said, um, I have music. And mm-hmm. I pulled out a cry CD. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, they'll come in and sing anytime. So mm-hmm. they passed it around. <laughs> and then I said, but I have to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I want to share Christ. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out a Bible. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have these to pass around too. So they passed it around and it. they went it. and they said, we have to go talk. And they went and they deliberated. And Andy and I were sitting there and they came back and they sat down and they said, we have made our decision. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he said, first of all, and he looked at Andy, mm-hmm. he said, as your fellow senior Hungarian I want to tell you, your language skills are the best that I've heard. Mm. And I am so proud of you. Mm. And I want to tell you to keep up the good work. And then he looked at me and he said, I have one thing to say to you. I personally do not see anything wrong with what you want to do in this camp. And I will make sure that you not have only access to this camp, but all the camps in Hungary. (laughs) So that meeting opened not only the door to Beach Gay, but to... At that point in time, there was at least four other camps. Mm-hmm. We're going to le- need this, a lot more sweatshirts. This started something with Teresa yeah. of um, kind of the going into these camps. And it, this also gave you all these connections mm-hmm. yes. to, to mm-hmm. other camps. I yeah. mean, you think you're going to Hungary to be a missionary in Hungary. And instead, you become kind of this worldwide uh you know, network begins network. there in the refugee camps. Yes, it, to make all these connections. So um, mm-hmm. we're almost done with this um, part one. So uh, we had to set the basis for mm-hmm. how this happened. But then, you know, I remember when you and Mike got married and Brian mm-hmm. said, look, we've got this church in mm-hmm. England. Would you mm-hmm. be willing to leave? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Y- you mm-hmm. knew there was this restlessness mm-hmm. in you. You mm-hmm. knew it was time to leave. And yet, because of this ministry, that really you were you were the one heading up, mm-hmm. you were the one behind it, and you had to pass it down to mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. and you moved to England. But mm-hmm. then in England, um, we've got like three minutes, and this is going to be our cliffhanger before mm-hmm. we go into uh, mm-hmm. part two. Mm-hmm. But when, when you were in England, the Lord began to still open up doors. Mm-hmm. Talk a yeah. little bit about that. And I think that's a good point, Cheryl, because, again, it's a team effort. Right. And as we left, the team continued to do it. And they took it further than what I could ever do. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't do these things. It's the Lord, but it's other people. Mm-hmm. And it's their giftings. And mm-hmm. so God blends it together. I love and that. so back in Harrogate, when we hit there, it was very nice. It's like a picture book. Mm-hmm. It's like where the British come in holiday. And it's like, what do we do with this place, Lord? Mm-hmm. But from day one, he began to put on our heart maybe to take aid back to Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. How that happened is Rod Thompson. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, would you bring me a block of cheese? Because there was this, um, there were the conferences invite them. Mm-hmm. And so, and England has the best yeah, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to Costco because you can mm-hmm. travel an hour away to Leeds, and I got a two big box of 
cheese and I put them in my backpack. And that was the start of it mm-hmm. because from there on, I would, I realized, okay, there are missionaries out here who can't get what we can get. Mm-hmm. And um, it's grown to 30 tubs of donated items, the airlines waving the cargo. And all of that has happened step by step by step by step. And um, to now there's not only um, having gone out to Hungary, but to the Ukraine 10 times when the war started and again, the airlines waving the cargo and other pastors coming on board. And every time we've went, they have filled our boxes with aid, candles, blankets, the sewing ministry. Um, not only Ukraine, but out to Africa, mm-hmm. um, this orphanage that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, which um, we'll talk about in part two. Okay. Because we're not going to, yeah. you know, um, I just... We were, before we started um, this podcast right now, this discussion, we were talking in studio about how gifted Teresa is with organization. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of anyone else who could do um, what you've done. I mean, this gift of being able to load up these and the brazenness of Teresa to ask the airlines, hey, do you mind if I bring these, uh, you know, these uh, uh, cartons and they'll say no and she'll be like do you mind if I have two do you mind if I have three do you mind if I have four and you know she'll push the limit and they keep saying yes it's it's like such a because you thing. ask I mean that's mm-hmm. what seems through and the whole story you just go ahead and ask mm-hmm. and, God's and if they say favor. no you ask again that's right <laughs> nicely but anyway I, I want to get to um, part two we're going to have to leave this because um, I want to talk about some of those connections and how we've got Priscilla in studio how you met Priscilla because I'm also a part of that story mm-hmm. so I really yeah. love that story yeah. <laughs> so we're glad you joined us but if you think part one was interesting part two gets it's it becomes this thing that only God can do and so far you've heard stories that only God can do but you're going to hear even more like only God could do this mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to yes. that this is Robin Jones Gunn and we will look forward to part two with Cheryl Broderson next week we'll talk to you then bye Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Robin on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at CCCM.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn.